With the second pick in the 2016 NFL Draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select Carson Wentz. West Philadelphia, West Philadelphia, West Philadelphia, born and raised West Philadelphia. In front to Rui Stars! And welcome, everybody, to episode two of the Wiz Wit Podcast, the podcast bringing you all the news from the best sports city in the world, Philadelphia. I'm your host, Anthony DeStefano, and I want to thank everybody who made episode one more of a success than I thought it could be. It got more views, it had more listens, it had more interactions than I really expected. I want to thank everybody for that because this is a passion project. This is something that I've really um, focused on and I really wanted to do and I didn't know if it would garnish the listenership you know and with my other podcast the rant on hiatus right now I figured this is the time to do it this is the time to try to do this one man show and you guys let me know I can do it I also want to thank anyone who went to tpublic.com bought a t-shirt the hats are coming out soon here's one of the t-shirts I had to take the t-shirt down um and let's get into that real quick yeah there's 30 32 pages of Joel Embiid stuff on T Public, right? So I'm like, all right, I can get away with this, right? Intellectual property, whatever. So I put up this 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 picture that I got drawn on a T-shirt, and then I put up one where I made the love sign into a Joel sign, right? And don't you know, that day, flag for intellectual property. What about the other 32 pages, Joel? You just, I mean. Maybe it's a tag I used. I don't know. I don't know how it got flagged so quick, but I took it down out of respect. Um, and obviously, I don't want to get sued. I don't have the money to get sued. Um, but I also want to shout out Joel Embiid because we do love Joel on this show uh, for his donation for the Sixers workers during this this crazy, crazy time. Um, but yeah, my shirt got taken down. So there is other designs. The the backdrop, the old 76ers uh, kind of 2000s logo is a shirt. I got an 80s Phillies one. with It's kind of like a... They're just a whiz wit shirt, so I can't get flagged for for copyright. Um, so go to T Public and, and and buy some and support the show. If you also want to support the other um, aspects of the show, like listenership, go to um, at WizWit Pod on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, and share it. Share it with your friends. Let them know you're listening. Let them know that it's a local sports show from a local sports guy. And you know, try to get me some listens and let's make this community fun and talk about. The thing that we love most in this world, and that's Philadelphia sports. Speaking of talking about Philadelphia sports, we have a action-packed show about the birds tonight because free agency and trades picked up after last episode. And, well, should I say free agency picked up or free agency dropped off? But needless to say, free agency happened, right? Um, Trades happened. And then we're going to talk about Carson Wentz 2019 remarkable season and how I feel the guy does not get the credit that he deserves. And then we will we will go over the most fun thing, something I post on Twitter and Facebook, the worst acquisitions, trade or free agency in Philadelphia history. I'm going to try to keep this under an hour this week. Uh, like I said, I want this to be like a 35 to 45-minute listen. Sometimes I get long-winded. Sometimes I get passionate. But what are you going to do? So last week on the show, I 
begged and I pleaded and I said, Howie, please, you're not going to get Byron Jones. Please get me Darius Slay. It was Howie's season. He delivered, um, got Darius Slay and then signed him to a three-year, $50 million deal. That is a lot of money for a corner. We do not have a good track record with signing or trading for corners, but I feel like it's different this time. And I feel like Darius Slay is one of those players that play with a chip on their shoulder. He's not going to be settled. He's not going to just be like, I got my money now. He's someone that, who wants to be one of the greatest. He he says it all the time, and I've seen him in action. You know, I've we, the Eagles have played him, and he's always a matchup nightmare. The guy can cover. That is something that the Eagles haven't had, someone who could cover. How many times have we watched an Eagles game? Right, and it's third and 12, third and 15. And you're like, oh, cool, we're going to get the ball. How do you give up 17 yards? You don't get the ball back because our corners could not cover. Now we have a corner that can cover. Now we have someone, like I said, who could take the ball away and put it in Carson's hands. Takeaways with the pressure up front with Hargrave and Cox and Graham. This will allow us to... Put some pressure on it and then not have someone get beat downfield because he can cover. Now, I know that we signed um, Will Parks a safety, and we'll get into that. And I like that. And I know that we're bringing Mills back in a hybrid role. And I, I still hate that we lost Malcolm Jenkins knowing what we lost him for. But we have ourselves a corner. We addressed the number one need that we have. But let's look at some corners. And we're gonna this is gonna be in a later segment too, but Namdi Asma was like a three-time All-Pro, he came over, stunk it up. Yeah, the system was totally different, but we were all excited about it, and we thought he could cover, and then he got put into a system he wasn't used to, playing a package he wasn't used to, and he got exposed, right? He it, he was probably a product of the system. Then we get Byron Maxwell, who had one good year, one good year with the Legion of Boom, right? The LOB is in Seattle. He stunk it up. We don't we we don't have a good track record with with corners with secondary. I mean, Malcolm Jenkins was our most consistent player, and that's why I'm so sad to see someone like that go. But I am happy because they took that money, and they got McLeod back, they got Will Parks, they got Mills, and then they were able to get Darius Slay, Darius Slay, who will be wearing number 24 in honor of his hero. Philadelphia legend Kobe Bryant um that's going to be a must-have jersey for me and, and I'll have an episode where I talk about our favorite our favorite jersey because I always buy like the jerseys of people like I have a Kelsey jersey I have a Jason Peters jersey I have like the guys that are in the trenches um but this year I'm leaning towards a Miles Sanders jersey but that Slay jersey with number 24 that may be a jersey I need to get uh, but Darius Slay coming over is huge. Then we signed Philadelphia native. This kid's from Philly. Will Parks, who was a safety for the Denver Broncos. Um, I like the signing. The guy can hit. Little bit of coverage problems. Little bit of tackling problems. But young guy and definitely an upgrade at that position for us. Um, I mean, we'll see how he fits the scheme. But my feeling is with uh, Jim Schwartz running the defense, Three safety packages, 
And that's what we're talking about. When we sign Mills as a defensive back, a safety corner hybrid, that's where Mills will play that safety. Um, you're, I think Parks and McLeod are going to be your safeties, and then when they do a three-safety set, that's when they rotate Mills over. I don't hate that that safety set. Um, Jalen Mills is a great tackler. Like I said, he gets beat sometimes, but he he has that swagger. He has that leadership. Malcolm Jenkins even said with, with him leaving, Jalen Mills is pretty much the leader of this secondary, the leader – because he's outspoken, he's confident, and he has the swag about him. And that's what we need in our secondary. You bring in a great player like Darius Slay. Sidney Jones is a project I'm okay with because I think that guy has a lot of talent, and I think he's going to peak this year. And then you have three decent safeties. The defense is looking a little bit better. We addressed our needs on the defense, did not like losing Malcolm Jenkins, but we got Slay, we got Parks, McLeod, and Mills, and we are still under the cap right now. The one thing that we didn't address was offense, right? Um, <laughs> what wideouts are we going to get? You know, Aguilar signed somewhere else, which is fine. I think everyone has had it with Nelson Aguilar. Um, but then we lost out on Robbie Anderson. $10 million a year for two years. Signed, you know, uh, with the Panthers. Then we lose out on Perryman, who signed with the Jets. Right? And these are these are guys who stretch the field, who are 6'2", 6'3", that Wentz could throw the ball up to. So what, that, what that's telling me is you're relying on a draft. And I read somewhere, and I forget where, um, but credit wherever I read it, right, um, that they want young receivers that will grow with Wentz that don't have their own traits. Which sounds like we don't want people like Alshon Jeffrey anymore. We don't want people coming in here with their own style, with their own expectations. We want to put a team around Wentz that wants to grow with Wentz, as we saw with Greg Ward last year, right? Greg Ward, Boston Scott, those guys grew with Wentz. And I think that's what the, that's what the Eagles want. The Eagles want guys that will grow with Wentz and won't cause that disruption. But the problem is Jackson's old, injury prone. Alshon Jeffrey, been hurt past couple years. We don't know his relationship, right? J.J. Arcego-Whiteside did not look good last year. I'm still a fan of the kid. I still have hope for him. Second round pick, he needs to step up, right? So we're going in with with that squad and then we're going to have to try to trade up right we're going to have to try you know if you want rugs or if you want um the other guys that I can't think of their names right now but if you want those top three receivers in the draft you need to trade up and you're not getting them at 21 you need to be in the 13 range right um I'm going to go over the draft I'm going to look at the draft board we're going to have it at, you know have a little mock before the draft but if you want a receiver this is the year to get them, and I think they'll draft two or three. But the problem is Wentz is in his prime right now, and you're not surrounding the guy with elite talent. He has Miles Sanders. He has Sackerts. He has Dallas Goddard, which is great. But on the outside, what are you surrounding this guy with that is different? 
What are you surrounding this guy with that's going to win now? You have a win-now team. You might have the best D-line in football. You have one of the top O-lines in football. You now secured one of the best corners in football. You have a great young running back. You have Boston Scott, who's Darren Sproles 2.0. But what do you have on the outside to help Carson Wentz? And they'll draft someone, and that's fine. But look at our track record of drafting people. What wide receiver, what, what was the last wide receiver who had an impact that we drafted? I mean, Nelson Aguilar had one good year. And let's talk about Nelson Aguilar, right? Aguilar signed with the Las Vegas Raiders, which is so weird to say, right? And he signed for $800,000. This is a guy we paid $9.4 million for last year. Signed for $800,000. I'm going to pose a little question. Would you bring Nelson Aguilar back for $800,000? Because I'm on the fence, right? Guy drops balls, right? But he's a playmaker. He's someone in 17. He looked like a different player in 17. The, the, the plays he were making, the runs after catches, the catches he was making, the, the he had that confidence about him. In 18, 19, no, right? He fell off. But that guy has talent, and $800,000 gives us a viable number four, right? He doesn't even have to be a top three option, right? I mean, I would think about it. I, I'm over his drops. He cost us two or three games last year because of drops, but he went from $9.4 million to 800000 That's a big drop, right? And, I mean, yeah, it's a big drop when it comes to Aguilar, um, but... That's something that makes me think, right? If you're not going to address a need and you want these rookies, then why not bring back Aguilar for that cheap? Another weapon that Carson Wentz has is Zach Ertz. Now, Zach Ertz is quoted as saying that he wants to be an Eagle forever. And I think we're all on board when we say we want Zach Ertz to be an Eagle forever. Um, we like Dallas Goddard, right? And there's a lot of rumors. And, and the rumors of... Getting Julio Jones for Zach Ertz, not going to happen. And, you know, would I would I be okay with it? Yeah, it gives you that elite receiver that you need, and then Dallas Goddard kind of steps up. But Zach Ertz turned down a contract that would have made him the highest paid tight end, and he's looking for more money. Um, this is going to become an issue next year. I know that Alshon will probably be off the books next year, um, which would save him a little bit, but you have a lot of big contracts on this team. Luckily, we got Wentz. At a discount, it looks like at this rate, with how quarterbacks are being paid, um, we need to re-sign Zach Ertz. And Zach Ertz brings something, not only Wentz is number one target, he brings heart, he brings passion, and he brings it every week. He's someone who's Mr. Reliable, he rarely drops the ball. I don't want to see them give up Zach Ertz. Do I think they could give up Zach Ertz? I do. I think if there was the right trade, they would give up Zach Ertz. But here's the thing. They didn't give him up for DeAndre Hopkins. They didn't give him up for Stephon Diggs, right? What other receivers are there? You know, like Julio Jones, Odell Beckham? They're not going to give him up for Beckham, right? If they want to give him up, they could have gave him up by now, right? They could have brought in an elite talent. I don't think they want to give him up. But they need to figure out how to pay the guy because we want him here, and he is an elite tight end. He is top three tight end, catches 100 balls a year. We need that kind of... We need that kind of security blanket for our quarterback, our franchise quarterback. Do I think we give up Zach Ertz? I don't. Could I see 
possibilities of giving him up? Yeah. Do, am I am I scared? Not really, because we have him under control for two more years. Um, we have this this year, and then next year we have a club option, and by then they might have a deal done. But to think that we have a quarterback in our prime, and you're not even looking to pay at the tight end that is his favorite target, and you're not surrounding him with elite wide receivers, elite talent. I, I think Deshaun Jackson and him had great chemistry, right? But what did we see of it? Deshaun got hurt, and then the, the fucking trainers were terrible. Who knows? I mean, we could have had Deshaun back at week eight if they would have just week two. Okay, you're getting surgery. You're out for six weeks. No, they let him sit out for five weeks, come back. He gets hurt, and, he's, and then he gets surgery, right? I just don't I, – I don't know what – how he's doing. And I know I have a lot of friends and shout out to Matt McCool, who um, has been texting me and said, you know, this is the year to draft a wideout. And it is, it is, it's the deepest class. I've read it everywhere. There's five or six wideouts predicted to go in the first round. Um, I like the kid rugs a lot. He's a big target, but what if that doesn't pan out? Not every time you draft a rookie, are they a star? I just don't know what they're doing. I, I, would you take Odell Beckham? Would you trade for Odell Beckham Jr.? I mean, I would, but what's the cost? At what cost? You know, what receivers are out there that are that are on the trade block, right? The only one I can think of is Odell. I think that Cleveland would listen to offers on him. We already saw Stephon Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins go. So what other options do they have now? The free agency market is dried up, right? And now they have to rely on the draft. And they want to build around Wentz. And I get it. I get it. But it does scare me. Because Wentz is a young dude, right? But he's in his prime. And he's ha- he's battled injuries. I don't want to say injury prone, but he's battled injuries. How are we going to give this guy a security blanket that's not Zach or, that You know, his tight ends and his running backs are great. He loves throwing to him, right? We need to give this guy a security blanket that he can trust on the outside. And I thought that would be Alshon Jeffrey. And I, I and with Nick Foles it was right chemistry. Maybe they don't like each other. I don't know. I don't know what the thing is, but it is a known fact that Alshon and Carson don't play as well as Alshon Jeffrey played with Nick Foles. And maybe it's because Nick Foles took more shots downfield. He threw up a little bit more prayers. Carson's a little bit smarter with the football, right? And maybe that's where the disconnect is. I don't know, but I thought Alshon Jeffrey would come back this year. Be that security for Wentz. Have a huge year. He, he He's great hands, but I don't know. But what are we doing with our receivers anyway? So we're going to go into this year with a rookie. We're going to go in this year with Greg Ward. Well, I like Greg Ward, but he's let's face it, he's not a number one, right? Not yet. He reminds me of like a, an Antonio Brown. Though. The guy has all the tools to be a good player. Um, I'm not saying he's going to be Antonio Brown, but he has a lot of that skill set. So you got... Jackson, who just came off an injury, right? And then you have Jeffrey, who's injured and probably not going to come back to week six, right? I know it said he could be ready by the training camp, but with that injury, I don't think, I think they keep him on uh, the physically unable to perform list and they activate him after like week six or week eight, whenever they can do it. So that means you're starting with Greg Ward, JJ, and Deshaun Jackson. You better trade up. You better trade because. As much as I like these guys, and JJ's a nice young player, and I think he'll develop, you got to give Carson Wentz something more on the outside. 
You have to. And, and why am I talking so much about Carson Wentz, right? Carson Wentz did something in 2019 that I don't think a lot of people expect it. I don't think a lot of people appreciate it until probably the end of the year. When he put together that win streak at the end of the year, playing with, you know, people we never heard of. They're literally just taking wah-wah cashiers. And, here, you're playing now. You want to play this position. Carson Wentz won. Carson Wentz had the heart of the champion, right? I feel like Carson Wentz is a little underappreciated by Philadelphia. I think Carson Wentz, of course he's living in the shadow of Nick Foles winning the Super Bowl, right? Nick Foles won a Super Bowl. We get it. Carson Wentz got us home field. Carson Wentz got us a winning record. Carson Wentz had that team running full speed ahead before he got injured in L.A. Carson Wentz was an MVP candidate, an MVP lock until he got hurt. Still came in second in voting to Brady, even missing the last four or five games, right? Foles won us a Super Bowl. And that's and and that's all I heard, right? And that's all you hear for two years is they should have kept Foles. Carson Wentz is injury prone. Okay? The injury prone that's it's a good argument, right? But the guy tore an ACL, an MCL, a PCL, whatever. He tore his whole knee, right? He comes back early, about four weeks, about a month early, right? They trot him back on the field. The line's not blocking for him. He doesn't have the mobility, so he's taking more hits. Breaks a bone in his back, right? That's Carson Wentz's issue. Is it an injury issue? Is it being prone? I don't know, right? Foles comes in, plays okay football again. We get to the playoffs again. He could have got us to another conference championship if Alshon didn't drop the ball. And I'm not discrediting Foles. Foles played great. But we forget how good Carson is, right? 2017, when's the last time you looked and said, man, an Eagle could win MVP? It was probably this season that of Vic, right? Vic's great year. You're like, man, that guy might be MVP. Carson Wentz should have won MVP in 2017. Carson Wentz had a great season in 2019 that everybody continues to discredit because he's not Nick Foles, because Nick Foles won us a Super Bowl. Nick Foles did this. Nick Foles always has to fill in for this guy. But when Nick Foles goes and starts somewhere, his numbers stink. And I love Nick Foles. I'm not shitting on him by any means. I hope he gets a starting job in Chicago. I'm rooting for the guy. I always had faith in the guy. I liked him when he had that year of 27-2. and two. I liked him the next year when he was starting and he was seven touchdowns and ten interceptions. Right? I liked him in St. Louis when he seven touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Right? I just don't get how you don't appreciate a guy like Carson Wentz. He is someone who battles through everything, he doesn't complain, and he shows accountability. Now, in an article by Ruben Frank in NBC Sports Philadelphia this past season, I just want to break down some numbers, and this is all written by Ruben Frank, but this puts stuff in perspective, and I just, I'm here for perspective. If you think Foles should have been the guy, I'm not going to change your mind, just like you're never going to change my mind. Why would you give up Carson Wentz and, and keep Nick Foles? Nick Foles this year with that team, they're not winning anything, dude. 2019 with Nick Foles, they're not winning. They're winning five games. I'm sorry. I like Nick Foles, but they're winning five games. All right. So the first bulletin, first in NFL history. Wentz became the first quarterback in NFL history to throw 20 or more touchdowns and seven or fewer interceptions in three 
straight seasons. Three, you want to hear who's done it twice? Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and Russell Wilson have done it twice. Carson Wentz has done it three times, right? Wentz, 607 pass attempts this year, are fourth most ever by a quarterback, throwing seven or fewer interceptions. Only Brady in 2015, Rodgers in 2016, and Ryan in 2018 had more pass attempts. Brady had 624, Rodgers had 610, and Matt Ryan had 608 pass attempts. The guy protects the ball. Now, the fumbling issue is something that, even as a Wentz apologist and a huge Wentz fan, is something we need to address. He gets hit from the backside, he's trying to make a play, and he drops the ball. That's very common. He does fumble. He doesn't lose many fumbles, though. So I get that he fumbles, and I'm I, whatever. You fumble and you fall on it, I don't care. You know what I mean? It's it's football. Get hit from a blind side, you're going to lose the ball most likely. But everyone's like, oh, he, he, you know, he fumbles three times a year, and it goes, that's only 10 interceptions. So he's still, you know, in the top with that. 10 turnovers. You know, I'll take that from a quarterback. All right, now this one's labeled Wentz and Rodgers. Wentz has thrown 35 interceptions in his career, or one every 59 pass attempts. That's the second best. Obviously, the first best is Aaron Rodgers. Consistency. Wentz is the third QB in NFL history to throw a TD in all 16 games in a season and finish with seven or fewer interceptions. Brady in 2010, Ryan in 2016 did it. Wentz was the only QB to throw a TD pass in every game this season. And here's the thing. He lasted every game this season. So this is just, and I'm not here to like it and push this agenda, but when you actually take a step back and you look at what 2019 was for Carson Wentz, how do you not get excited for 2020? How do you not get excited with this guy leading the helm? I get it. He got hurt in the playoffs. He took a helmet-to-helmet hit. In January, from a 275-pound Mack truck to Davian Clowney, in the back of his head, he wanted to play. They wouldn't let him play. You can't play with a concussion in the NFL. You go with a, you leave with a head injury, you're out, okay? Anyone who's like, oh, back in the day, you could have gotten, yeah, back in the day, you could have gotten the field. Rules are different now. Get over it. NFL's longest streak. Wentz will take a streak of 19 consecutive regular season games with a touchdown pass into 2020. Second longest in Eagles history behind his own 22-game streak set in 2016 through 2018 and the longest current streak in the NFL. No picks. Wentz had an NFL high 11 games this year with at least one touchdown and no interceptions. The only other QBs who did that was Russell Wilson. Over the last three years, only Wilson Rodgers have more such games than Wentz. Wilson has 28, Rodgers has 25, Wentz has 23, right? And that's over three seasons. Wentz was hurt half of one year. The guy protects the ball. The guy makes smart decisions with the ball. Brings you avoiding mistakes. Wentz has had 23 games in a career with 30 more attempts and no interceptions. Most ever by a quarterback in his first four seasons. Again, consistency, avoiding mistakes. People can call him a game man. You can call him a game manager. But the plays he makes, the play against Washington when he rolled out of the pocket on the run, 
darts it through through two defenders, hits Miles Sanders in the chest. The announcer thought it was intercepted. Miles Sanders had it right in his chest. Game managers don't make plays like that. His first four years, Wentz 97 touchdown passes, are ninth most in NFL history by a QB in his first four seasons. Ninth. Of the 28 quarterbacks with at least 80 touchdown passes in their first four seasons, Wentz has the best interception ratio. The only QBs in history to average a TD at least every 20 attempts and an interception less than every 50 attempts are Rodgers, Wentz, and Dak Prescott. Lucky 13. The only quarterbacks to throw for 4,000 yards with 25 or more touchdowns and single-digit interceptions this year were Wentz, Mahomes, Wilson, Rodgers. Wentz is only the 13th quarterback in NFL history to have at least one season with 4,000 yards, 25 touchdowns, and single-digit interceptions. Wentz threw for 4,000 yards, right? And he did it using his tight ends, using his running backs. Alshon Jeffrey was hurt. At one time, when we went into the playoffs, right, Alshon was hurt. Deshaun Jackson was hurt. Uh, Jordan Howard was hurt. Zach Ertz was hurt. We had no team around him. And his heart and his determination helped carry that team. The defense stepped up, yes, but that is what I looked for in a leader. And Carson Wentz showed me that he is a leader. Carson Wentz showed me that that is 2020 season. We can rely on him. We know that we have the ace in the hole. We have the star player we need. And that's why in the first segment I was pissed off because you got to build around that star player. You gave him a nice young running back in Miles Sanders. Boston Scott's a beast. You have two great tight ends. Give him some wideout help. Give him someone that can stretch a field. God forbid we saw what he did in Washington with Deshaun Jackson in the first week. And Errol Wentz only throws 15 yards. He has no one to stretch the field. How many times did he hit Aguilar 35 yards downfield and they do dropped it this year? How many times did, were there drops in the end zone or drops at the end of the game? I think the, the, the Eagles could have won 11 games this year without the drops. And that's just being realistic. A lot of those drops came in key moments. Wentz is clutch. And I love Nick Foles. But if you're someone arguing Nick Foles over Carson Wentz after, after that, I, I don't see why. I don't see how. And like I said, if, if Foles goes to Chicago and succeeds, as long as he doesn't beat us, I'll be happy. Just like I was happy when Andy Reid won a Super Bowl this year. But we have our guy in Philadelphia. It's number 11. All right? Now let's get into the worst trade acquisitions and free agency acquisitions. Because when we did um, get Darius Slay, and he, told, he said, hey, I'm going to wear number 24, I got a little nervous. And I got a little nervous. Because 24, I bought that jersey before. Namdi Asamoah. Oh, chills down my spine. And it had me thinking, man, Philadelphia has made some bad signings. They've made some bad trades over the years. Well, let's talk about some of them here. And, and of course, you guys gave me a little bit of help, which is great. Number one on my list, and probably a lot of people's list, Byron Maxwell. He signed a six-year, $63 million contract. Now, I know, three-year, $50 million for Slay. 
times have changed. Money has changed. People are making more money than ever in the NFL. Um, but at that time, it was the highest paid cornerback contract of all time. The guy had one good season in Seattle where he was with Richard Sherman. You know what I mean? Earl Thomas. He had he had the Legion of Boom near him. Um, oh, my God. Was it Cam? Yeah, Cam with the, the chancellor, was it? With the black visor. That defense was nasty, and they made him look nasty. And then we signed him, and he sucked. He was terrible. Then we traded him away. DeMarco Murray. I remember watching this and watching DeMarco Murray pull up to the facility at NovaCare to sign the contract. I was so excited about DeMarco Murray. This guy's going to be awesome. Chip Kelly's going to have this guy run. Chip Kelly didn't run him right. Didn't run him in the eye form. No blockers in front of him. He got a five-year, $40 million deal. He averaged 3.6 yards a carry in 2015. I don't know if I can blame DeMarco Murray. I can blame a little bit on the Eagles for signing an aging runner, running back, but and a running back who got a lot of touches. He was beat up over the years. But I want to blame Chip Kelly, right? I, I, you got to blame him for that. Namdi Asmoa. Oh, God, it gives me chills. When the Eagles inked Namdi Asamoa to a five-year, $60 million deal before 2011 season, they got a guy in the prime of his career coming off three straight first-team All-Pro. First, that guy couldn't cover me when he was in Philadelphia. He had three All-Pros before he got here. That was a horrible signing. I was so excited when they signed him. It was right around the time that the Phillies got Pence. I remember I ordered the jerseys, Pence and Osmo, and I got them on the same day, and I was so excited. Phillies got some stars, and then they, next year they both were gone. Namdi Asma was, was he a product of coverage? I mean, I after three All-Pros, I can't say that. Like I said earlier, maybe it was just a coverage made him. He had to have some talent, right? I mean, then he went to, there you go, San Fran. He went to San Fran, and it was just not good. Kiko Alonso. This is, oh, the chip. I wish we could go back and just erase, erase the Chip Kelly air. Like, we traded McCoy, we got rid of Jackson, we got rid of Foles, we got rid of the whole team. It's the whole team! We traded the whole team. Kiko Alonso, we traded Shady McCoy for him. And Kiko Alonso, nice player. You traded one of the Eagles' all-time great running backs with years left in him for him, and it just didn't work out. Sam Bradford. We traded Nick Foles for Sam Bradford, and I hated it because, I first off, I hate the sleeves, Sammy sleeves. What are you doing with your sleeves down to your elbow? What are you doing with that? Roll them up. But shit. And he always had the deer in headlight look. Always deer in headlights. Didn't matter if they were up 20. Always shocked. Always surprised. I'll never forget, he went 13 for 13 in a preseason game. And you might have thought the Eagles prayed him down broad. Oh, what a... In Chip, we trust! In Chip, we trust! We got a first-round pick for Sam Bradford, so I don't think we could have got one for for, for uh, Nick Foles. So Nick Foles saved us by getting traded. Sam Bradford then sucked, and then we got Wentz, so I can't really complain. Um, Joe Smith and Andre Miller. Andre Miller was a good player, though. I mean, I liked Andre Miller. Wasn't a star, but the problem was we traded Allen Iverson for him. Legend. 
Allen Iverson, trade it for Joe Smith and Andre Miller. Andrew Bynum, that's a name. We got Andrew Bynum. I remember, oh, my God. Remember all the upside? That kid was like 19 years old. Didn't give a shit about anything, though, so ended up being a bust in basketball. I think he hurt his legs, too, but really didn't care. Didn't have a care in the world, that guy. Oh, don't make me don't make me remember this because we got Vince Young, and then he made the Dream Team comment. Vince Young was such a good college player. Vince Young had all the tools. I know he's a back. He was a backup at the time, but come on, <laughs> Dream Team. Phillies had Adam Eaton and David Bell, Lance Parrish. I can agree. Um, Elton Brand. Got him too late. And uh, can we say Al Horford yet? Can we say Al Horford is a bad acquisition? I, I think he is. I, I think the great guy, right? Like Al, Al Horford, like the guy. What has he What has he done to make the Sixers better than they were? Nothing, right? You gave up Jimmy Butler, right? Well, and Jimmy didn't want to come here. You got Josh Richardson, who's a nice player, but Jimmy didn't want to come here. But you gave up a player like Jimmy Butler. That's an all-star. You got Al Horford who is a center, but he wants to stretch and play power forward, and he wants to sit at the three-point line. We don't need that. We need a pure score, someone who can create their own shot. We have Embiid, Horford, Simmons. The problem is they're not the best at creating their own shot. Yeah, they can knock down an open shot. I mean, Ken Simmons, he's two for two or something like that from three, but Al Horford hasn't panned out the way I wanted him to, and he's not worth the money we're paying him, my opinion. Um... And that's the list. And I'm sure there's, if I'm missing any, please comment. Comment below. This is where I want you to be interactive. And the show will be going live. I think I'm going to have the show going live um, after this pandemic and everything settles down um, at work for me. I feel like we're going to be going live on Sunday nights. I think I'm going to do um, Sunday nights. So you can be live on Facebook and you can be commenting and asking me questions. That would be awesome. Now let's get in to. Some questions. With the extra time off lead to Kutch having a full and productive season. Well, I heard today that they're not even thinking about starting baseball till June. And I think McCutcheon will be back by mid-June, early July. I think so. I think McCutcheon's going to have a great season. I'm very excited for McCutcheon to play. He looked great. He had great pop last year. Now, it's not MVP, Pirates, McCutcheon, but... He's still a great ball player, and we can still use him, use his veteran leadership, use his his on-base percentage. Guy can hit for average. He can hit for power. Something that can really help the Phillies um, in a weak spot of their lineup was getting on base and, and then stealing base or extra base, you know, stuff like that. Top 576. I mean, I didn't prep for these. Top 576ers. Uh, Joy Serving's number one. Iverson's number two. I love Embiid, so I'll say Embiid number three. Oh, man. I mean, I I like Moses Malone and uh, Daryl Dawkins. Uh, All-time favorite and least favorite Eagles quarterback, running back, and wide receiver. My favorite quarterback, can you guess? It's Carson Wentz. My favorite Eagles running back is uh, Brian Westbrook, and my favorite Eagles receiver is Terrell Owens because he did nothing wrong. He played with a broken leg in the Super Bowl. 
Did he have an ego? Yes. But Donovan also had an ego. Donovan didn't want to share this, the spotlight with Tio. I'll never think anything different. Um, least favorite quarterback, Sam Bradford. Least favorite running back, um, DeMarco Murray. And my least favorite wide receiver was Todd Pinkston. Or James Thrash. Ooh, James Thrash is a good one. That just came. Both of them scared to catch the ball. Alligator. I'm a dinosaur. Um, with Jenkins leaving, where does that rank in free agency loss by a Philly team? No trades and homer picks, just players who left and continue to produce after they left. Reggie White has to be number one, but who are all others? Dawkins didn't produce much after he left. Dawkins did produce. Dawkins made two um, Pro Bowls. Here's a name, and here's a name that everyone forgets started in Philadelphia, Chris Carter. Chris Carter was the Eagles receiver. Ended up, all he did was catch touchdowns after we gave him up. Um, other than that, man, who else did we really give up that, like, then flourish? Uh, Sergey Bobrovsky gave him up when we brought him Briskoloff. Oh, Briskoloff. Oh, God, that was in the last segment. Oh my God, we got Briz Goloff. We paid him that um the universe's humongous big contract and he sucked. Yeah, Bobrovsky's another one we gave up and he ended up being a great, great goalie. Um baseball, I'm trying to think. Like all the players we gave to the Astros, none of them really became that much of uh anything. I remember like we had like the best farm system in the league, and then we gave them up and got Roy Oswalt at the time, and they didn't pan out to be anything. It was not like we gave up Altuve or anything. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I think Chris Carter has to be one of the ones that you're like, how did that happen? McCoy kind of fell off after. Jackson kind of fell off after. McNabb wasn't good after. Uh, Vic wasn't good after. Foles was never good anywhere besides Phil. I mean, we've had some luck when we give up people. No one comes back and bites us in the ass, really. So my pick, besides Reggie White, would be Chris Carter and Sergey Bobrovsky. Um, and that is the show for this week. I kept it under an hour. We're going to be around 45 minutes. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for supporting the show. It's only going to get better as I do this. Um, it's definitely a learning learning curve. I don't want to talk all Philly sports all the time. So I think how I'm going to segment the show going forward is I'll do the huge news in Philadelphia, whoever that may be, and then I'll highlight one team per week, highlight one thing like I did with Carson Wentz this week, um, and then I'll have the fun segments at the end where we talk about the worst acquisitions, or last week I talked about, um, what did we talk about last week? I forget. <laughs> I already, it's been a crazy time at work with everything going on. Um, but like next week, I think we'll talk about like the best numbers in Philly history. I, I post a question on uh, Facebook about across the board. I picked number 20. I think that's the best number. And, and and the reason I said that is because across the board, Doug Collins was an all-star, wore number 20. Uh, Chris Bronger was a captain, got us to a Stanley Cup, wore number 20. Mike Smith's the greatest third baseman ever lived, wore number 20. And then Brian Dawkins, the greatest eagle of all time, in my opinion, wore number 20. Another one's 10. We got Dalton. Uh, Maurice Cheeks, John LeClaire, and um, Deshaun Jackson. That's another good one. If you have any, leave them below. Uh, be interactive, guys. At WizWitPod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Wherever you can find me, I am. Go to tpublic.com, buy a shirt, support the show, share it with friends. 
ask me some questions that I can answer next week on air. Thank you guys so much and have a great night.